Podcast. We were talking before we got on. We were talking about Squid Game. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was just, but he was talking about right. all, all this, like, uh, is it a, a, you know, how people are? Are they survivors or are they mm. like people who, who will help the one who's less fortunate? And I was thinking about Survivor Game. Yeah. If you look at, look That's at, the, game. yeah, look at um, number, was it four, five, six, when he went up against number one. He was down to his last marble, and he was about to be out, and then he started cheating, uh, and the guy faked that he had dementia or whatnot and started agreeing that he's losing even though he was really winning, um, <clears throat> and then called him out for it at them. But you're at, at that moment, I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, my gosh, because he did throughout the up until that point of the film, he did everything he could to look out for the old man, even risking himself losing. He allowed him to be on his team for the previous games. He looked out for him, gave him his jacket. I mean, he, I mean, just when he wasn't feeling well, he stayed up late at night with them to make sure he felt better and was more comfortable. And then when it came down, though, to, uh, to between you versus me, you, you didn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. When it came down, when your back's against the wall, basically. As much love as he showed him throughout the entire film up until that point, I was shocked to see that he turned on him like that. And I could understand if he beat him fairly, but he turned on him where he was had to cheat from him, mm. steal the win right. from him, and take his life. Wow. So, or sort of take Did his life. Did he really take his life? <laughs> <laughs> Against spoiler dun, alert. Dun, dun. <laughs> That's interesting that you brought but that up. But doesn't that play into human nature? Okay, let me let me then uh, let me go back because there were actually three examples of what humans would do. So there was the the one with the girl and the other girl. Right. Who sacrificed herself? Oh my gosh. And I love both those girls. They were great right, characters. Right. right. Yeah. But you're talking about human nature. So yeah. you have one example which is the last guy who survived. And then you had the other example where that one guy who was helping the... Um, Hold on, you're going too fast. Explain the girl and the girl for the <laughs> oh. for, for people that want to know what you're talking about. Explain the girl and the girl. Okay, so there was uh, two girls... Okay, so this last game that they were playing, the marble game, right? right? And there was two contestants. One girl who, you know, was saying like she, you know, she had nothing. She had nothing outside of this uh, game, this world. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, give up. And I'll let you win. But the other girl she was competing with said, you know, she didn't, you know, she didn't reveal her life outside of this, this, uh, this game. Up until that point. Up to that point. And so you, 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 she's a mystery. You don't know. And she's giving, she's telling her, you know, because you opened up to me, you know, you told me your dreams, your hopes outside of this game, that you have a life outside of this game. She Where she wants to take care of her family. Right, exactly. Her brother right. and how they grew up and they wanted to survive mm-hmm. They that. were North Korean defectors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, the storyline, the, 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 that girl, the one who told her the dream and everything like that, she was a North Korean defector. Her brother was in an orphanage. And mm. that touches upon a couple of things, actually, in South yeah. Korea, if you want to talk about it later. But there is some discrimination against North Koreans in South Korea. Right, I did see that in the film where they called their names like you're a North, you're a North Korean. They were bullying mm. the the brother for that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you missed that. Usually, oh like, no, yeah. well, I think it's the translation. Lose, lost in translation. There's some of that too. Yeah, <laughs> there's some of that too. Well, yeah, I thought I thought it was fascinating that then she's instead of she did the opposite, where she seemed kind of aloof and like she didn't care. She didn't have a zest for life throughout some of her um her appearances on the film 
where she actually did the most unselfish thing where she lost on purpose. So instead of trying to compete for the game like everybody else was scrambling to try to take each other's marbles and the ones that are left with none are essentially put to death. Uh, so they, they came up with the game at the final minute. Uh, let's just throw one ball for all the marbles, whoever throws it closest to this wall. The first girl, the North Korean, the factor, uh, gets it pretty close. And then the girl that go, went second just kind of threw it right by her feet. She mm-hmm. dropped it. That's yeah. it. She, and fra- she basically she sacrificed sacri- Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just an incredible, yeah. like, the dynamics of everything. And then you had the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. With the Sri Lankan uh, yeah. counterpart. And yeah. I was like, that's the story of my life, man. Having, like, <laughs> a like a good friend you thought you could trust. He goes, yo, I got you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And next thing you know, you open the bag. You're like, yo, you gave me a bag of rocks. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know? Yep. How many times in our life where we were given a bag of rocks and that kind of uh, just corrupted our view of the world? Right, oh. I'm sure everyone's been given a oh, bag yeah. of rocks. Oh yeah. Okay, and 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 again, for those that haven't seen Squid Game or Living Under a Rock, um, <laughs> it's essentially they were playing for the marbles. It's the same game, and uh, the, the, one of the players was actually winning all of it, and they were good friends. And um, and he'd never played that game before. Never played that game. It was never just played dumb with marbles luck. before. Right, beginner's luck. And then all of a sudden, he convinces the other guy, we can both win this game. Uh, not one of us has to die. And go go around, do something else. And then he goes, oh, but be careful. Other people may want to take your marbles. So then he switched his bag out, uh, let him believe that he was securing it in, in the form of like some type of necklace or around his neck, a pouch. And then he really filled, replaced the marbles with all rocks. And, and I mean, throughout this whole time, it was the guy, incredible. And throughout the, this whole time, during the games, and even outside of the game, this guy was looking out for him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like a like totally. a good friend. Yeah, like looking a good out friend, for him, saving people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, I had that in real life where I had a friend look out for me. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't feel well. He had he took he like yo will I got you this and that, and all of a sudden, boom bag of rocks oh yeah that I, i'm telling you that one i really felt that one hurt me like i, I really that hit home so so pretty much it actually represented like three examples of of humanity mm. you know and the the question is like you know which one is true i think all of them is true yeah. i mean we see that but i also if i can build on that it's like well you know for us and what we learn from that who we become from that that's very important right because are you going to be are you going to be someone who is just going to keep propagating that cycle right um are you going to be the one to do that right um and when you look at the like squid game like they're put in very extreme circumstances that they have to do certain things right and again it goes back to the question who are you when that kind of pressure is turned up another thing that i noticed about squid game that contributed to its like kind of universality is the games. The first game. Red light, green light, mm. one, two, three. Right? In Korean, we call it the morning glory has bloomed. Right? Very nice poetic, right? Mm. That is but damn. That's beautiful. That's, that's yeah, I want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> and then, until yeah. you realize the doll is going to looking at you and then all of a sudden you get shot. Right? Yeah. But the, like, the most unique thing was that when I looked at it, I was like, these are games that everybody would know. Red light, green light, one, two, three. I mean, Koreans play that? Oh, yeah, we play that. Right? Tug of war. Oh, get a rope. Very simple, right? And then marbles, right? You see that a lot, right? Either it's marbles or a rock. Like, it's like soccer, right? You got a ball. You got something to put it in. Okay, put the ball in that. It's very simple, right? 
And then you have, but then like the end, you have something that's uniquely Korean, which is Squid Game, right? Is, that's a real Korean game? It is. Wow. It's a playground game, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, you're like, huh, right? So a lot of the game, and even like Bokki, right? The honeycomb that everybody was like, wait, what is this? Is that a real Korean game? That too? is a real Korean game. My parents, they talked about it. They're like, they're like, oh, when they came out, they're like, oh, I knew it. And they're like bringing back all these memories. Well, of can like you when explain were, what Bokki is for so the audience? Bokki is... It's what they it's translated to the honeycomb game. But what it is is really you take some caramelized sugar. They melt so the way they did it back in the day, they had like a ladle, right? Or <laughs> some and they would melt this sugar, right? Who knows what else they put in there, right? Sugar <laughs> <laughs> sauce. This is like nineteen like sixties, seventies Korea, you know, like street vendor, it's like, you know, the hot dogs in, in New York, it's that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But they pour out the sugar and then they stamp it, right, with a shape. So in that case it was a circle triangle a right, star, star and the umbrella, umbrella. Mm-hmm. right Th- that's actually real the umbrella oh the that? umbrella i or think there were different shapes right okay. but like for sure there was circle triangle right and what is it star? star yeah mm-hmm. so they had that right so my parents were telling me like when they were because they would always be like take the needle and be like mm, 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 and they'd be like eh, right? so they that was really it. accurate so that's wow. pretty accurate like because that's something that they all know these people know wow. right how about the licking part was that that was new. We were all like, <laughs> so smart. Genius. Like, what did we saw? He was like, what if you didn't have a needle? <laughs> you right? Know, yeah, you didn't have a utensil, you know? He, like, when, when, when I saw him, think about, I was like, this man, give this man is a genius. Yo. And, like, my, my parents were like, we never would have thought of that. Nobody wow. thought of that. I don't that. think I would have thought of that, right? but in that situation. Yeah. But, oh, by the way, the cinematography for that, when he gets that, he's like, <laughs> I was yes. like, that's so good. Yeah. Way to capture that. But, you know, it, that was a real childhood game, right? My parents talked to me about that. We even, tra- like, when I was, like, four, for some reason, they got this craving for it. You know, it's like, you, you know, what is it for us? Like, Dunkaroos or something. We're like, damn, I want, like, Dunkaroos or, like. Oh, I want some gushers. Like mm. out of nowhere, it's like, dang, these food companies really put something in there yeah. to give us this. We're like, okay. So for them, they wanted that. So we made it like when I was four in our kitchen, they had like a ladle, they put some sugar in there, and they were like melting it over that and trying it. Wow. But they could never get it, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's this sort of nostalgia, right? That's there. And when I'm looking at Squid Game from like, you know, their perspective or like a Korean perspective, these are very you have fond memories, right? So to speak, of playing these playground games, right? Those are just games. And, you know, but even when you go back to the playground, right? I always say, I always go back to the playground because you see power dynamics, people dynamics, social dynamics. It's all happens on the playground, right? Who's the kid that's taking it really seriously, right? It's like, this is for all the marbles. This is all, life is a competition, right? right. There's no, there's only win or lose. And right. then you got the kid that's on the opposite. I'm just glad to be here. Have fun, yeah. right? And then there are the people who are like. Then you have the bully. Right, mm-hmm. right. So when you look at these games, what I really liked about the whole series was just the capturing of human nature, the capturing of just that kind of snapshot of that, you know, all the, like, the variety of it all, the comprehensiveness of it, right? I love some of the hypocrisy you pointed Mm -hmm. out where we think sometimes we're better than someone, right? Oh, because you're the bad guy. It kind of goes back to that Scarface uh, quote where uh, you all need to point a finger and say, I'm the bad guy so that... You know who the bad guy is. Yeah, Mm -hmm, he goes, fine, I'll be the bad guy. So what that make you, good? 
right? So that's something to think Light about. moment, yeah. Right? So when you look at Squid Game, immediately you go, so there's three parts here. So there's, the first one is you look at Squid Game at its, in the beginning of the season, the, the guy's a degenerate gambler, right? And he's cheering for the horses. And how many people do we know? We all know someone that does horse betting or OTB, off-track betting, and right? And, and then you go from that, then you go from that to watching the games where people are going and there's this like a higher class of people, more wealthy, are looking at the people and betting who's going to win these games, who's going to come in first place, right? And, and I love that. He goes, why did you pick this one? Oh, because it's number 69, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Right. So, oh, then the second, oh, let me do 96. And how many of us, when we make a bet... We, we put down with numbers that we're familiar with, whether it's birthdays or dates right. that are significant to us or has some sort of, or numbers that has some sort of meaning, whether we avoid it or we're attracted to it. That's a second thing. So right there you go, oh my gosh, we're looking at this and we're the same, we're the same thing, right? Are we? Because the horse betting, some people go, well, I don't do betting. All right, well, wh- how about this as a viewer? While you're watching it, you're betting on some people to die some people to win because if you have a favorite player somebody's got to go right so i just thought that was brilliant in itself i don't know if that was on purpose but it was brilliant i just i don't know if i'm reading too much into it but just looking at it afterwards i just had to sit there it's one of those films where i just had to sit there and just think about play it back in my head and just go wow Mm. when is season two coming out (laughs) (laughs) it was brilliant i don't think season two was even written this was well, like they set it up for season two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. They, they there set is, it up there for is a two. setup. I do want to go back to the North Korean, the fact that we're in that show. Mm. All right, you said you wanted to touch on something about that. Well, I mean, in, to- in terms of just like the discrimination or just kind of like, you know, the stuff that they go through in South Korea, right? So South Koreans discriminate against North Koreans mm-hmm. if they fled and yeah. came to the country? There is some of that, yeah. There isn't like, oh, man, you know, give me your tired, give there's me your hungry. There's that, too. There's, there, again, there's people on both sides, right? I'm not going to just do a one blanket thing, right? But that does happen, right? Where there's some sort of prejudice that exists? Absolutely, yeah. Like, so, I'm better than you type of thing. There's that, yeah. There are people like that, right? And, you know, again... If we well, if we look if we look at it again, Squid Game is kind of a microcosm. At least what it's showing is that there's all these different personalities, all these different types of people, right? You have somebody who will help them out. You have some people who won't, right? But in in Korea, you know, because there's North Korean defectors, right, and also the country's still at war, that's why some of them might say like, "Oh, are you a spy?" Right? Like, "Oh, are you this?" Right? How do we know that you're not this? Right? How do we, and let's play it out. Let's look. Let's actually explore that, right? They escaped, they come to South Korea, right? They were looking for a better life. Is life really better? Right? Sometimes it may not be for them, right? They may have had, they may be someone who was high up and now they're there, but they don't have the privilege anymore. They don't have the wealth that they had. They They don't don't have have the power. And so, is life really better? Are they really happier there? Okay, so is that the case, right? Well, at least I don't have a gun on my head all the time. At least I don't have to worry about my family or anybody dying all the time. I'm poor, but hey, it can be that. And, you know, like in Squid Game, her brother was at an orphanage. And even the orphans didn't come together. And they were teasing him. You know, like, like, geez, even amongst like beggars, like, it's like, ooh, this is not good, you know. But it really goes to, 
it, in that society, there's not just there's going to be good people as well. Like I have a close friend, he worked with the refugees, right? And he heard their stories, and he really liked it. He really tried to help them out the best that he could. There are organizations, you know, like Link and stuff like that, that really help out these people because they see the atrocities that they go through. And if you saw the the lengths to which, right? Some of these people are willing to get out of North Korea, right? It's really heartbreaking, you know. You see them. You hear. I'm sure you've heard stories of people crossing the border uh, through their like seeing with their friend, and their friend gets electrocuted, and they have to go over their friend across in order to cross the fence because he got shocked on the fence, and now he has to use his body as a wow. bridge. Or right? landmines too. Right? Landmines. Yep. Um, there's tales where people. There's a place called the Crocodile River. If you they go from you know, what is it China to like Vietnam to Thailand that route, but there's a river called the Crocodile River. It's called the Crocodile River for a reason. It's because people get eaten, mauled by crocodiles, and they're there. Wow, but they're that's crazy. To, and they're they have to ford the river, so they're like neck deep. Imagine like being neck deep yeah. in the water and like doing that. And this is not this is not hyperbole. This is yeah actual stuff. So is freedom? The question then can be like. Are you, is freedom worth it, right? Or in the case of Squid Game, right, when you look at it, I look at it as, well, how big is your cage? I ask that a lot to my friends. Like, so how big is your cage, right? You know, you, you can, is this, is this where it ends, right? Like in Squid Game, yeah, you got money. He got, what, like four million bucks, right? So would we kill for four million bucks? Is it really worth it? And he it? wasn't even happy. He didn't he even want to touch it. After, yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah, you got four million, but that's tied to all that. And I mean, whether it's in North Korea or in a, in a free country, wherever, you know, I really think it comes back down to values. Because what I notice is that, are you willing to compromise on your integrity and your humanity for something, right? You know, we hear that question a lot, right? And especially in today's day and age, we hear that a lot, right? We hear it. I think it's becoming much more apparent. And I think there's a lot more uh, accountability and responsibility that has to be taken, right? Because people need to realize that, you know, people say, oh, well, we're the reality, we, you know, you're the change, be the change you want to see in the world. Then be it. Take but do you, do you really believe that? Though? A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. And I have to question if they actually believe that. Right. Exactly. Because their actions don't add up. Right. Because they don't do it. But when you start to realize that, oh, you propagate, right, what you, what you do, you enable by what you like you're enabling or you're not by your choices and your actions your actions yeah. yeah so in if you see something that's not right are you going to keep allowing that right and then the excuse of well everyone's doing it anyway it's a good game well everyone's doing it anyway doesn't make it right do you have to do that do you have to make that choice right that's where you know that's for the audience and that's for people to kind of really realize it are when you say when people say that like again going back to you be the change you want to see in the world right it really comes down to people because why problems don't just happen people cause the problems we're the ones who cause it right and the thing is well are we going to just say oh it's someone else's responsibility someone else's responsibility so or are you going to take responsibility for it so do you think the world's turning a blind eye to this just like they did during, I mean, the Holocaust, right? There were talks about uh, we should have done something sooner, 
until it became so widespread that we just couldn't ignore it anymore. It's, and, you know, they say history always repeats itself. And now what's going on over there, we can kind of see, in, I guess, similar patterns mm. where we do have the power to do something about it. But for whatever reason, it's not being done. I think that there can be an oversimplification of certain things, right? Do I think that thing, there are certain things that can be done? Absolutely, right? Do I think that it's a lot more complicated than we want to say that is? I do think so. I really do think so. Because there's, you know, all these geopolitical people that are getting involved and it really becomes a complicated and very messy situation, right? Um, and so, but in certain cases, do I think that there are simple cases where we can say something and stop something? Absolutely, right? Yeah, I mean, in our personal lives, right? Um, to get a little personal, like when I, I remember back when I was in high school, uh, my principal asked who was going to write my recommendation. So he calls me in for an interview. He's like, coming to my office. I'm like, first time I'm going to the principal's office, right? So go there and I sit down. And he goes, okay, I got one question for you. What's your definition of success? Hmm. So I thought about it for a minute. And I said, if my life, if by living my life, one person's life is better, then I've succeeded. And he, he was like, I mean, I was 16 at the time. He was like, this kid, like, what's he saying? Like, whoa, right? And he was like, you know, and do you watch sports? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't watch sports. I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. But he was like, there's someone who said this in a very similar thing. He talks about that. But going back to now society and everything like that, do I think that there, you know, it's been brushed under? I think that maybe people aren't paying attention to it, but I'd like to give the benefit of the doubt and say that perhaps they're not paying attention to it because they have so many things going on in their own life. You know, Some and, would make the argument that that's not true because there's other things that we're fighting for. And so as a, as a society, for each individual, I understand. But as a society, I think we do have a band, enough bandwidth to fight against atrocities in the world mm -hmm. it's just what we're choosing to fight for for example do we want to choose to fight against companies that are promoting extra large soda drinks <laughs> that's been banned right fighting uh, obesity oh man plastic straws environmental right right so um you know cutting the shark fins right, right. so it's it's rhino horns mm -hmm. right so what about actual people who right. are suffering, suffering or yeah. being tortured and killed and a complete i mean a whole society of it you know there's a lot of things that people have to kind of look into right and you know it does it does it's the question that you were going to say right like um, is that we're fighting for right right so when we look at that what really governs that right so when i'm looking at it from that perspective right what makes certain things worth fighting for, right? Why do people have a vested interest in something? And this is the unfortunate thing, and going back to Squid Game, right? It kind of shows because it affects me directly, right? Now, when you're looking at these things, right? When you're looking at certain people, when you look at, for instance, that one character, right? Four, five, six, right? 
the things that he did, it would it kind of hurt him in a sense because why he was helping other people out, he was taking care of this old man, doing this stuff. It was help. It put his life in danger. It made him more vulnerable, right? So when we're looking at society, right? How many times you know do we? And it, I guess this is the this is kind of that internal thing, internal like infighting within all of us that we kind of and both internally and within society, kind of look at is it? Am I going to be, what am I governed by? What am I? What are what are my intentions? Why are my intentions the way that they are? Is it really all about me? Right? Am I going to help someone out simply because it's the right thing to do? Right? Or am I really doing it for social capital? Am I really doing it because someone's watching? Am I really doing it because I want to be perceived a certain way? Mm. Right? And you know they say perception is everything. Well, I don't necessarily think so. Right? So when we're looking at like the North Korean issue as a human rights issue or things like that, okay, so we talk about human rights issues, right? There's so many things going on about that. But does this, why doesn't this really ring or why isn't this really being sounded in people's ears? If I'm just going to be very New York and very cynical, they don't care. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect their everyday lives. Yeah, it's on the other side of the world. So that goes back to what you said earlier with people saying, be the change that you want to see so let's take a look at this be the change that you want to see well what can i do that's the next question right because if i want to be the change i gotta ask what can i do right when i'm looking you know when i was after college you know i was very idealistic I'm like, oh we can do so many things you've got so much energy of course you can do so many things <laughs> By the time you hit 30, you're like, oh man, I just went to the grocery store and why am I so tired? You know, it's just like... You're jaded. Right. It's just life. It life, life just beats you up. Yeah. And so, you know, where's that concerted effort going to be coming from, right? There are people who are, who have made it their mission to do that, right? And I applaud them. I think they're doing, doing they're, they're really putting themselves in a lot of danger. I mean, I have some people that I know who have been blacklisted from China because of the work that they've been doing, you know, in North Korea or uh, like helping defectors out so it really affects them right how many people do you know are willing to put their lives on the line right for that their livelihood right because it could very well be that once you start working and doing things for that you may have a target painted on your back that's right? a great point so, that's a great point because fighting against you know sugar or shark fin or you know a I bad mean, diet look, i mean yeah, that's, you don't even have to go that far risking your life yeah but like you look at like for instance the guy who there's a guy who developed an engine that runs on water you never heard about him right look him up see what happened to him right wait so he wait, was murdered because he found an advanced technology that would be beneficial and hurt other companies oh that is no oh, is man. that what you're saying yeah exactly right this this was a movie chain reaction there's, there's an actual there's the actual wait guy. so yeah. this happens in real life yeah it happened in real life Look somebody found an engine that can he run made underwater? the engine that ran on water okay. not a steam engine like an actual car engine mm -hmm. that worked on water right so uh -huh. hydrolysis and things like that like you know and it was good it worked well it worked really well in america in america and he was murdered or he i will put this up, he's no longer on earth Let's just put it that way. Like he came out of the diner, right? And I'm, I hope I'm not confusing the story. He but was robbed. So he came out of the diner and he said, "I've been poisoned." And then, oh shoot! Mm. So look, 
vested interests. Wait, how long ago was this? This was I don't remember, but this was a while ago. There's a decades? story online. I, it's probably a couple decades. Yeah. Okay. So several decades. I keep forgetting it's like 2020. <laughs> Forgive my ignorance, but do we have technology like that today, though? That's public. I'm Engine sure that there underwater? is technology that we that we don't know about for public co- consumption. Done. Uh, I mean, an engine not. that runs no right. People make it on YouTube, right? They they make their own cars, but they're like ginormous, right? This guy was like, eh, you know, something that was normal, like normal car engine. But you know, there are varying interests, right, that are governed by this and power that really, you know, probably don't want that. You know, Oof. call me crazy, but not crazy at all. I mean, like they killed the electric car. I mean, we had the ability to have electric car back in what the nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies. Yeah. So now we have Elon Musk. Yep. Yep. And he's too, <laughs> and he's too well, high so, profile so why, to kill. So why didn't they take him out then? If that's the case, playing devil's advocate. I here. think he's too high profile to, to get. Before that, though, he wasn't. He was when he, 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 like when he started PayPal. out. He started. With, he had PayPal. Yeah, too. he had PayPal. Right, so. but he wasn't like the what people think of him now. Mm-hmm. They it's look at him like uh, the uh, Tony Stark. Right, he's a real life Tony Stark, yeah, Iron Man. Stark, yeah. yeah. But I mean, we don't know what Elon Musk has. Like, he had definitely had a security team and everything all around him, right? Like, he, I mean, from what I hear, like, there's like a great the infographic show did something on like Elon Musk and his like security team. Like, dude's got a lot of security on him, and for good reason, you know. I mean, when that electric car came out back in 2000 and. 10 11 12 somewhere in there around like i remember i graduated and i was reading this article on oh on the i was reading this article on the uh, tesla roadster right and i saw that thing and i was like this thing is sexy right i was like and i read i was like wait this is an electric car and i'm like yo and what what are the specs i was like wow this was incredible right but like nobody was talking about it nobody cared yeah it was in the new york times nobody was talking about it i'm looking at this like this is amazing, right? Now, I bought Tesla stock, right? Oh, when it was like you. $47 or something because I was like, I know this technology is going to go, right? Whatever my paycheck was, I put something into it. I, something in me, my gut said, put all that you have into it. And I was like, no, that's, that's stupid. I'm just going to do it. I should have done that. I really should have yeah. done that. that. That's how I felt with certain other investments. <laughs> I only dabbled in it. And I was like, gosh. Right? Gosh. Oh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. All right, Elon, where's my time machine? <laughs> Can you He's build? He's probably, he could build one. You know? He probably has one already. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Right? Um, but you know, when you start looking at this and you're like, okay, well, why didn't, why weren't there that many backers for this? Why? So when there is a better technology or whether it is a better way, what causes, you know, that sort of slowdown, right? Why is there a lag? Why is there that social lag, right? Of adoption, right? And that is, that's not very simple, right? There are so many competing interests. There are so many competing interests. There's so many different players in it with so many agendas, right? It can come down to dollars. It can come down to geopolitics. It can come down to other deals and stuff like that, right? That people have with other people, right? That we don't know about, right? So there's a lot that we don't know. And to say that, well, this is the way it should be. And that's that. Like, I think that's very, 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 uh, dare I say, sophomoric and immature thinking. Right, because there are nuances that have to be addressed in order to kind of bring about that change. You know, like you have a friend. Let's take just a very simple example. You have a friend that is exhibiting some toxic behavior. Okay, 
God forbid, I don't want that. But let's say you have a friend like that, right? And you talk to them and it's like you're trying to be gracious, right? And let's say it's the, let's make it even simpler. A simple behavior where he's like, whenever he comes, he punches you in the shoulder, right? It's kind of hard and it hurts, right? And you're like, dude, oh, man, that hurt, right? And you're like hoping that he'll pick up the hint. Does it again, does it again, does it again. And it's like getting harder and harder. You're like, oh, God, my arm, right? And then you say, look, man, like, I love you, but, you know, you got to stop this. He's like, oh, yo, yo, I'm really sorry about that, right? I don't mean that, right? Okay. Next day, you see him. Hey, what's up, man? Bam. Oh, and then you're like, bro, I told you. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Doesn't change. Does that guy seem to really want to change? Does he have respect for you? Or is he thinking of something, uh, thinking how it affects you? Probably not, right? So you keep talking to him. Right, and this is a very simple example. You're like, dude, and then finally you retaliate, right? Right? He does it to you. You're like, hey, what's up? Bam! You go. It's like, yo, what the hell, man? Right? But it's like, yo, I told you to stop. Right? And it's like, dang. And it's like, dude, it hurts. Right? I really want you to stop. Okay. Hopefully by that time he gets a message, but you never know. Maybe he gets does it, and all of a sudden like he gets really heated, and all of a sudden now you see that this guy was more about what control, right? Maybe it just has an insecurity, right? Maybe you're like, man, this guy needs to go to therapy now, right? Is he going to go? Who knows, right? But that's going to take a long time, right? And so I think that a lot of these things, they're these problems that we have in society, they're deeper, right? And we try to oversimplify it. We try to, we want, and I also think that our culture today, our instant gratification culture today propagates this as well. Because we think that we need it now. We need it now. We have Instagram. We have TikTok. We have all this. We, we need to do that. There are messages that can be, when that we see that. We have messages that are being propagated and you know um, delivered very quickly through social media. Things that took you know three weeks to a month, right, are now taking 10 minutes, right, to go through the whole social, to go through social media. So can there be good that comes from it? Yeah, absolutely. But how many people really want to see a detailed message on something that's really heavy, really something that may not affect them, right? Directly, right? But it still affects humanity versus a dance video or a cat video or a dog video do that you think, really focuses do, on that. Do you think all of this contributes to us becoming more numb? especially towards people's lives? I hope not. I really hope not. But again, again, that comes up to the individual, right? And, it's, and I think the question behind the question is that, you know, will my external factors affect my own personal humanity and character, right? And in a sense, they do. But you have a choice of what to do with it, right? I tell my friends this, and... Maybe it's a bumper sticker I need to make or something like that, right? But I say, like, life will give you shit. It's the truth. Life will give you shit. Hardship, you know, tough circumstances, things like that. You can choose to do what you want with that shit. You can either fertilize your garden or you can sit in it and let it fester and turn you gangrenous. You have a choice, right? So what are you going to do? That's up to you, Right? Whether you take that and you start putting it onto your garden and you start planting your garden, you start letting it 
grow certain things from fruits or flowers and things like that right you let it that fuel your humanity you let that fuel your goodness your character right your integrity right or you can become bitter you can become hate hateful you can become hurtful you can do that and you know you can act out of that now i'm not saying that that's going to be right right or wrong right you have a choice these are choices everybody has choice right and so what you do with that is what's really important right and i think when we look at like what the topic that seems to have come up from all our discussion is really about choices whether it's in north korea in north korea about north korea right and or like when we're talking about squid game when you're in the game versus when you're a spectator right we still have choices and what are your thoughts do you think people will lean towards the right thing to do good even if it means putting their life on the line because what we saw in squid game people lean towards good most of the time but when their life was on the line nothing else mattered good and evil just didn't matter it was pure survival you're sounding like that old man at the end. Right? <laughs> I guess that makes yeah. me the other guy. Four, five, oh, well, six. I'm I'm just documenting <laughs> what happened in the film, right? <laughs> that that seemed to be the entire thesis, leading us up until the end, where they had a conversation where they made that friendly wager. Right, and I think it's harder. I think the issue is that it's much harder to do the right thing. You know, I think it is very difficult, right? You know. For instance, like when we see at the end scene that old man, he's on his deathbed and he's like, okay, we'll see if someone's going to help that person out. Mm. Okay. How many people do you know that would go out of their busy day? And this was at midnight, probably been drinking. I've been working. I don't know if it was a weekend or not. Right. I've been working. They're tired. Right. They've been spent. Who knows if someone's been yelling at them all day. They've been dealing with people all day. We know people, right? Not easy. They've probably been drinking. Going, they just want to go home and sleep. Yeah. But, you know, there's that person who's that beggar that was on the side. And he's freezing to death in the cold. What does the effort involve? It involves me seeing that, addressing that, calling the police, staying with that person. Being in the cold, talking to someone who may be, who may say like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You want to bring this beggar into my store? Fuck you! No, you can't do that. That guy's dirty. He's gonna ruin my establishment." You know, all the social pressures that are there. That person now has to go and say no. That takes a lot of guts. That takes a lot of, like, that takes a lot of character and integrity. That takes a lot. I mean, that takes a lot for someone to do that. It does. But is it easier? just say someone else will get it or i don't that's not my problem or it's way easier at what point can we come to that collectively because i believe that yes we may be this little light even though we are loud and we shine bright and people can hear us and see us but that's how much impact are we really having the further we go so that just tells me that we need more lights Right, more flames to be ignited in all of us uh, to fight towards that. If you look at the history, mm-hmm. any fight for freedom took a collective fight mm-hmm. of a nation, right? And and if just any history where a group of people 
had to fight for freedom. I mean, dating back, you could go back centuries. In order for them to achieve that outcome, they had to fight for it. And yes, a lot of people died during that. But the, and they had the long game. We talked about how South Korea, in South Korea, how they all collectively put their money together to bail the country out. This, uh, so they all had the long game evolved. So I'm just looking at it at this point in time where we are now. Who's fighting for them? Who's going to be the one to band together and say these people deserve freedom as well? Or should we just mind our own businesses like most people are saying? Like that's their country. Mm. Those are their people. Why are we always butting in on other people's business? Leave them alone. Maybe they're happy. Maybe they, maybe they won't be happier with freedom. And again, it's a good question. It's a very good question. We're putting out ideas. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, again, that for that issue, for the North Korea issue, there's so many things involved, right? The U.S. could go in. But do we want to risk a war with China? Right? Would we... What if that was a spark for World War Three? God forbid. Oh, my gosh. Right? Mm-hmm. Devastating. And, right. And now we have weapons that are way worse than what was happening in World War Two. That's why I say devastating. Right? Because the weapons it, that we have available, these no power going, nations... There's no going back. If, if we really start throwing it at each other like that, like these... It's, this is heavy artillery that probably we'll look at technology like we didn't even know this existed. Things okay. are going to come Some out of this stuff, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to be like, whoa, did, did aliens come down here and just shoot at each other? Like, what's going on? I mean, you know, we live in America, but at the same time, you know, digital stuff, satellites, right? Missiles, you know? Like, remember when Hawaii had that the missile scare? Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah, people were freaking out. You have 15 minutes to live. Like, can you? I would not want to be in New York. And that was that just point. a text message. That was just a text. The yeah. safest place to be is like somewhere in the middle of the country. I mean, is, who knows, right? Right. But like, when I'm thinking about this, at the end of the day, I really hope, I really hope, right? And this is a big hope that people really start seeing people as human beings, right? And not as mechanisms, okay? And what I mean by that is this, right? You know, you you know, you believe in God. You know, I I believe in God. You know, so do I. Right. So you believe in God. My thing is that, look, if God created you, right, and you're here, none of us asked for our parents to do the horizontal shuffle. Okay. If you did, wow, you know, you got some. You know, you you're way light years ahead of everybody. But I didn't ask them. I didn't ask to be born this way, looking looking like this or whatever. Didn't ask for that. And that's the thing with everybody, right? And so when I look at people, I go, everybody was created, right? So when I look at them, that's my point of reference, okay? If I look at them and I look at them that way, and if I really go even further and I believe that they're created in the image of God, should I treat them that way as such with respect on reverence, right? I should. I should respect their time. I should respect who they are. I should respect their experiences. I should respect them as a person. More than likely, if it hurts me, it hurts them, right? I'll give you a little fun story about when I was, uh, I was a Sunday school teacher, okay? So, uh, I was I totally teaching. see it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, go ahead, I'm sorry. So, I was teaching like three and four-year-olds, okay? 
Mm. And, you know, at that age, like, oh, man, you really see everything, right? Because, you know, they're, they're kids. They, they Very impressionable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, if they're going to be a bad kid, they're just going to be, be that way because that's what they know right so it's very very clear right they there's no like there's no like deep-seated like strategic manipulation by them because and if they do oh man i gotta watch out for that kid right i'm gonna be like uh can i talk to the parent i'll be like is your kid the c to c you know like a little tyrant in the right? Making. right it's like uh, i think he's gonna be the next dictator you know mm. but you know when i'm there and i'm teaching these kids you know i learned very quickly you don't play their game number one you don't play the game Right? Because it's like, okay, you're going to treat me this way, then I'm going to treat you this way. Right? Meaning like, okay, I didn't, when they were rowdy, I just looked at my phone, I was quiet. Because they know what they need to do. They're aware. They're well aware. Right? I was just like, okay. And then they'd settle down. Because silence for me, right? They're like, is this guy? And then I'm just like, so you guys ready? And then, then they start up again. I'm like, okay. Go back to doing whatever I'm doing. And then all of a sudden they're like, like, are you guys done? And then like, it's like weird because they're like, oh wait, we're in authority? Wait, I thought he was in authority. So it's like weird, right? And I'm like giving them that option, right? And so we would be able to do all this stuff, right? I would be able to go through the lessons and talk to them, right? And, you know, I was able to, you know, interact with them and just like be a, po- like, be a positive influence in their lives, right? But there was one kid and he was a class clown. He was a class clown and he was always disrupting stuff and stuff like that but he and another kid who was a really good kid they're funny how opposites tracked right oh they were best friends they were good friends oh. right so anyway i'm there and last day i said all right so who wants to know the secret of not having not getting a timeout and the class kind of goes guys shh. <laughs> he's like it's like guys i want to hear the secret right and you know long story short they all settled down and i just look at them and i go okay so all right, class clown. If you hit your friend, right? Is that what do you think? And he goes, ha, 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 right? He thinks it's funny, right? I go, okay, all right. So, what if your best friend hit you? And he goes, ow, right? He's like, oh. I go, okay. So, if you hit him, right? If he hits you and it hurts, and you hit him, do you think that it hurts him? It's like the light bulb went off in his head. He goes, oh, right? And then I was like, so should you do that? He goes, no, right? Now, fast forward like a couple weeks. You know, I'm done with the teaching. Love the kids, but dang, <laughs> they, they run you ragged. That's a tough age. Right. I'm up, you know, I'm just talking with the, his parents, right? And the kids are you know, running around or whatever. This kid comes up to me and, you know, he's like, Mr. Albert, Mr. Albert, Mr. Albert, right? And I was like, oh, hey, what's up, right? And he goes, yeah, so I wanted to do this, but, you, you know, then I realized that, then I, you know, then I, uh, then I think it was going to hurt him because it would hurt me, so I didn't do it, right? And I was like, good job, right? His parents look at me like, what have you done with my kid, <laughs> right? But it was the golden rule, right? And this you know what i look at with that is like you know if you're everybody's now has their own standard everybody's now using themselves as a standard there doesn't seem to be something outside of themselves which is dangerous right and so you know like now it's like well if i went through it then they can go through it 
yeah, but you didn't like it and it messed you up. So don't you think that's going to mess them up? You want them to be messed up? Well, it's their life. They have their choice. I'm not responsible for them. Really? You don't want someone to kind of, you want people to be real with you. You want relationship. You want, you want, everybody wants patience. Everybody wants grace. Everybody wants goodness. Everybody wants people to be honest with them and all the good things for them until they realize that it's really hard to do that for the other person. I agree that whole what would Jesus do approach, uh, looking inwards towards empathy and how people would feel, is a great sign. First of all, among kids, that shows like, wow, a high level of emotional intelligence for young children. But a lot of adults seem to either ignore it or um, not really care about that at all. Now, when you talk about that, it does seem more normalized, and that's what we should do in human society, right? Uh, just being a good person, right? Thinking about how this will uh, make someone else feel, just being more thoughtful, especially from your day-to-day interactions with family, friends, um, strangers, be kind. You don't know what people are going through. We've all heard that. And very true, all very true, Sam. But when you turn around and you apply that to, uh, let's say, perhaps businesses, perhaps governments, perhaps organizations organized organizations whether legal or illegal i don't think they abide by those rules because if you did you perhaps wouldn't survive or thrive therefore i think that's the reason they appear to be more machiavellian there is some of that i can definitely i mean i i just don't know any top government or position of power gangs mafias anything like that right triads um where they have the what would jesus do type of uh mantra so based on that right let's take i think it you're asking you're you pose a very good uh comment about this right and the one thing that i've thought about was it really def- it really goes to your 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 what your focus is on right so what is it that you really are looking at? Like if you're a triad member, if you're a business or whatever, like I was an HR director for like five years, right? So when I go into an organization, I look at how things are being run and also look at what they're, what, what everything is going towards, what's their goal. And that really de- determines the culture of the organization, right? So for instance, if you're in a gang or if you're in the mafia, what is it? Money. But how do I get my money? My territory. I need to defend my territory, right? And then I got to get more territory, right? I got to get more, 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 right? There's some greed there, right? Is there such thing as corporate greed? Sure, right? But there are companies, for instance, like um, uh, Chobani. They actually... The yogurt company. Yeah, the yogurt company. So it's the yogurt company. They actually have a profit-sharing program with their employees. Kind of surprising, Right? When you look at when people say like leadership comes from the top down, what what, what is that leader like, right? What are those? What's that leader's belief system, right? What 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 are their values that they adhere to, you know? And if you sit down and you hear their stories, what are they really? What are, what is it that drives who they are? Their mo, right? And that really shows, you know, how the how the company's culture what they're doing, why they do what they do, right? Like, for instance, my dad, he has his own tax software company, 
right? He's uh, he's an oligopolistic market. His com- competitors are two very major companies, right? That are ha- pretty much household names. Okay, he does uh, tax international tax for like Fortune 500s for uh, financial institutions, major financial institutions, and things like that. So he's doing very well for himself, right? But what does he do? He does profit sharing at the end of the day. He has a salary. He knows he 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 grew up, but his story is that he grew up very poor. He was basically the bastard child, right? From of his of his dad, like a love child, right? His dad didn't believe in marriage or whatever things like that. Just you know, fucking around and everything like that. He was devastated as a kid, and he says that he was a textbook introvert. So he was Jon Snow. Uh, I don't know. Is oh, I'm that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was this Game of Thrones yeah. reference? Uh, yeah. Look, uh, oh, I hate to admit this, especially on the, on the <laughs> podcast, but I, I didn't really watch. I only watched the finale because like friends watched it, but until that, I didn't <laughs> oh, see man, any you, oh, of yeah, it. You might have been so confused. You're, you're, yeah, and you're, you're missing out because the finale. I mean, leading up, everything was just. Most people would say it, it was much better. So I heard, yeah. right? And people were very disappointed, apparently, mm. in the finale. I'm sorry, but no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But my dad, he grew up with that being his, you know, background. He felt rejected. You know, they said that he was an introvert. I don't think he was. I think that he wasn't loved. I don't think he was cared for. There were people who cared for him in his life. He was bullied because he was the poorest kid in school, right? And my mom tells me stories that your dad was so poor that when he didn't have lunch, he would just go and drink water to fill his belly, and then he would just lay down because... If he moved, it would digest it, and he'd be hungry again. So he mm. didn't do that. And so my dad started, and he has other stories, right? But when you grow up like that, and you, 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 know, you make success, and they say, they say, like, if you want to really see who a person is, give them a lot of money, give them a lot of power. Yeah. see who they are. Absolutely. I think it mm. opens up everything. So when he goes, when he has his, in his organization, he was, he has a branch of his company over in one of the Southeastern countries, right? And somebody didn't want to, uh, you know, listen to this individual because they were of a higher status, right? They're in a lower position, but this person's a manager, Mm -hmm. right? And because in socially in that there's a social system there that they're like, oh, technically I'm higher than them in the social system, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to listen to it. And he voiced his complaint. And I was like, well, it's like, you're in my company. This is my territory. I go by meritocracy. If you're not doing the work and you're a liability, you're ruining the company and you're hurting it. And you're hurting those around you because of that. Because if we don't grow together, we're not going to be able to work together. And it hurts everybody here. So I don't care about that. I don't care what happens out there. What I care about here is that you're doing the work, you're doing it well, and you're doing that. She's there, this, and this person's there, right? Because why? They did the work. They do it better than you. That's it. It wasn't anything that. Very meritocratic, right? So that's what that is. you know. And if he's got a chip on his shoulder and he thinks he is entitled to some sort of treatment because of the way that he is or whatever, he's like, no. This is, the thing that matters here is merit. And so when he, now when he runs a company, he's always looking, he's always been looking to kind of like run it that sort of way. It's based on merit, right? It's based on what can you do, right? And like when I came in, I was doing, like, they had, like, you know, evaluation systems, right? I know everybody hates the evaluations. They're like, I don't know, my manager, like, I got to be productive the last three weeks just so that, no, it's just, (laughs) it's like, like, okay, 
up to a certain point. But when you work, okay, you guys have had jobs. When you work with someone, right, who do you want on your team, right? Do you want someone that you can talk to who's actually going to do what they say that they're going to do, right? And that you have a good rapport with, right? Probably, ideally, yeah, mm-hmm. right? But are all people like that? Not necessarily. Why? Again, it's about seeing what's going on in their lives, but how do you do it? And this is my point, right? Relationship. You said that there needs to be a lot of lights and things like that. But unless you have a good relationship with someone, right? And I'm not talking romantic or anything. Like that. I'm just talking this, right? Am I respecting you? Am I respecting your time? Like by being here, am I making your time worth it, right? Am I contributing into your life, right? I hope to be able to do that, right? I hope that by me, whether it's, you know, like New York, common story. You see these moms with these strollers, baby carriages, trying to get up the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. I see that. And then how many people do you know go, oh, it's taking so long, why, right? Mm. Versus, like, I, like me, multiple times, go and just, I got you, I'll help you out. Lift it up for them, help them out, why? Because I know it's going to help them, but it's also going to help her. How do you think she feels? Or it helps yourself it helps everybody it goes back to what you were saying before like doing the right thing are we doing it because people are watching are we doing it for our own benefit are we doing it for social points are we doing it so we can share it with the world it could be all yeah it could be all of it but at the end of the day it doesn't matter again that's the question I raised you're saying saying like will it change anything at the end of the day does it matter why you did it if it's already being done the ends justifying the means and things like that right but I mean what, what it's a Real question, like, what do you think? What do you guys think? Does it really matter what your why is, even if it is selfish? If I helped you out for social, for example, let's use your example. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm help. You're next to me. Uh, you see that this woman is, is having a hard time with the stroller. I decide to help her out, and at the same time, I hand you got you got I hand you a phone. Like, Yo, Norm, record. <laughs> Record this. <laughs> hey, there's people, y'all, during the whole Asian hate thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. The hashtag Asian hate, I can't tell you. And Norm and I are privy to a lot of the inner workings from a lot of this. And I can't tell you, I mean, I can't tell you how many people did that because of clout. That. So, um, and at the end of the day, though, we talked about it with people that were in that realm. And we asked ourselves, you know, there's so few of us. Does it really matter why they're doing it as long as they're doing it? Because some people have a stage. Some people have the presence. Some people can actually make others aware. So even though they're doing it for whatever reason, at least they're restoring faith or bringing awareness to other people who may not have known otherwise, right? So in this sense, I am showing other people even though it's super selfish, that, hey, look, I am helping this woman carry her baby up the stairs or down, whatever. I'm a good person, everyone, and I'm righteous. So I'm, every time you guys see this, instead of getting mad, maybe you should help a person in need. And Norm's recording this whole time. <laughs> probably in <Aiding> a betting. <laughs> behind the scenes, I'm cringing, but probably rolling his eyes. If I ever did something like that, he would be rolling his eyes like, "Hey, Will, man, we can't be friends. Like, this is gonna be, this is not." But anyway, uh, so let's say he does that, right? And at the end of the day, though, does it matter? Let's say I had this big reach, right? 
major social influence. I just advertised that it's cool helping someone. So I brought awareness to moms with strollers. Hashtag moms with strollers. So <laughs> let's say there was a behind the scenes for that. And people were like, well, look at it from the other angle before he recorded. <laughs> and they caught me going, hey, Norm, record this. All right, let's go. Let's, you get it? Yeah, yeah, let's go. And I edit it in a way to make me look like a hero. Right. Now I'm going to, now that's going to impact other people. Like, well, see, he's not a real one. We shouldn't trust that's him. A, that's an important point. Because the thing is, once people start doing the digging, mm. right? Because people like look at social media today, right? Like, yo, Instagram, how many people imagine if they friend and all of a sudden they look through all the posts but and we they know do it's it. fake, right? Oh my gosh, I and mean, people most people know. hopefully know it's fake, right? So, yeah, and again, does that really it ma- does that really matter? I think it does because the thing is, like, in an organization, just because I was successful, imagine this, I let's say it, God, I become a billionaire, right? But what have I done in the process? I screwed people over cut them out i've ruined their lives i was mean to them but i'm a billionaire and you do a lot of philanthropy and um, oh yeah and all that but what about all that so does it matter does the ends justify the means i personally i'm a guy that my thing is that no right i think it because again that's just the way that i was raised because my dad the way because what what all the things that he saw too right he saw that the cutting the corners and all that ruins people's lives Okay. Who's, so who's let, lives though? Real, like the individual who who's doing it, or the people around. The well, consequences of that person's actions yeah. affect other people. Other people, and yeah. that and it actually hurts them. Like my dad, when he runs his business, he's very yeah. right. Why? Because again, trust. He goes, trust is very tenuous. You can ruin it like that, and it will never be the same. Yeah, it's like jumping out of a plane. You're not getting back on. It's very difficult. So I, I understand. Yeah, I'm very like I'm very fragile with trust. Once you break my trust, I can never, ever trust you again. It's right? literally like jumping out of a plane. And I treat it the same way with my relationships with everyone. I try hard not to jump out that plane unless I'm ready to leave. But let's just say I'm playing devil's advocate. Uh, like you said earlier with, with South Korea, uh, where at the very beginning of the split, mm. They, it was very questionable leadership where he had to take a lot of land from its citizens to build infrastructure yeah. because he was thinking about the long term uh, South Korea's future. And because he did that, South Korea was able to thrive. It, mm. in, the, in the short term, it hurt them, it set them back, uh, it made the citizens there, especially the ones that he took it from, mm. uh, obviously not like it. So, but in the long run, South Korea was able to thrive because of that. So again, I asked, in that sense, it does seem like the ends justify the means, but is that a case-by-case basis then? Hmm. Or does the same formula apply every time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Split screen, bam! (laughs) We could defer to Andrew right here. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) (laughs) For those of you guys listening, Andrew's uh, our... uh, Uh, I'm a cinematographer to, for today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DP, grip, electric, <laughs> yeah. extra, sound, you name it, extraordinaire. Yeah. Well, right. But to your point, um, do the ends justify the means? Again, a lot of people's lives, when we look at it from a very high level perspective, it may not seem so consequential. But when you look at it from an individualistic perspective, right, from that individual person, how many people were killed? 
how many people's families were ruined, right? How many lives were lost? So the question becomes, do you really value the life or not, right? And again, let's tie that back into Squid Game, right? That's really what it is. Is this just life? Is it just life, right? That's just the way that it is. I don't need to care because they don't care. Leads me to think on a more philosophical end than when we're talking about how love can be something, we question whether it was innate or something taught, right or wrong, right? So then it brings me full circle back to, I guess, part one of our discussion is right and wrong. Does that, is that a real thing that exists or is that just a human construct, right? Because if you look at, let's just say ants, Mm. everything is for the betterment of the colony. If there is water, all the ants will sacrifice themselves enough to build a bridge and they'll hold on to each other and they'll build an, an ant bridge where the other ones are able to uh, go over it to the other side and they'll bring all their larvae and all that other jazz. Right? They're not thinking about um, their own personal survival. They're thinking about uh, the, the, the survival of the colony to make sure that they thrive and they can expand their territories further. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of parallels when you look at humans from a um, sociological point of view. But the true nature, is it only to push our DNA, push our species further? If it's innate or if it's a human construct, I just look at the most basic, you know, you know, how, how do I feel? Like, as an individual, like, am I producing an emotion? Every t- and every time I see something that is heartbreaking or um, uh, someone helping someone else, uh, you know, uh, even even uh, the whole Elon Musk sending people into space that got me emotional. But why? You know, is that a human construct? Was I taught this? But maybe to- you're glad that our species are is evolving and expanding our territories and and increasing was, our chances of survival in was, case something were to ever happen to the Earth. Actually, that wasn't what I was. That made me emotional. maybe innately you didn't know that. But emo- no, maybe that's in your program. I mean, like maybe it's in program. But the actual what I was thinking about when when uh, I was getting emotional was the people that were selected to go. The the people who were selected to go was this this girl who had cancer, but she became like a, a physician assistant helping other cancer patients. She was selected to go. She represented, uh, I think it was hope, and. All these other uh, seats that were part of the crew, they represent something about humanity. And that's what gravitated me towards the stories. It wasn't, yes, it was amazing that, you know, we saw people, um, you know, going to space. We've seen that all the time, you know, astronauts, but it's the particular story of these four people. These are not astronauts, they weren't born to do this. There was a woman who is, is African-American. Her dad was working for NASA, but he couldn't, he couldn't go to space. He couldn't be an astronaut because he was black. But she, as an offspring, was able to do that. You know, that, that to me, was the amazing story. And that's what elicited the emotion, you know? So, you know, I, I ask, like, is it really something I was taught to feel? Or is it something that I just naturally feel? You know, was I born with it? I but what if that, you were raised differently? What if you were raised in a militis, military society where mm. you were taught to survive, right? And I, like, I don't know. For example, Honestly. if you were raised like, like the way ants were raised, right? You were just fed. You were just given food, mm. right? You didn't really have a mom and dad, so to speak. It was the whole village taking care of you, 
right? Everyone took turns to mm. raise the young, teach them how to fight, turn them into warriors, yeah, yeah, uh, or whatever their role was, right. you know, and and be able to contribute back into the colony mm-hmm. or society, so to speak, and expand the territories. It's interesting that you bring that up because actually, when you were talking about that, and then I remember my point. Um, one thing that I kind of noticed, especially in that society, right? We let's take your example. We want to be the victors, right? We want to do this and all that and grow our territories and grow our people and everything like that. Okay, great. But how often, how often do we, how often do we ourselves see uh, ourselves as a villain in our own story? Never. Mm. Everybody looks at them like the hero. Mm. And that's the problem, right? Because the thing is, when you look at the self-reflection points, it's whenever I hurt someone, I know I've definitely done it. You know, when have I been the source of that? And I don't want to be that person, right? And it's hard to acknowledge that. It's hard to say that, oh, I was in the wrong. How hard is it for anyone to say, I was wrong? I'm sorry. It depends. How much do I love you? (laughs) But also, right, maybe it's also the fact that, you know, maybe we are not taught that. Why aren't we taught that? Why is it so foreign to us, right? Like we look at all. I think that's ego, isn't it? Could be, right? Isn't it? It could be. But if we talk about being the change we want to see in the world, if you've been hurt, don't you want someone to say like, and genuinely and authentically say, look, I really fucked up. I'm really sorry about that, right? But most people aren't taught that. And that's, yeah. They're taught, you know, survival, even if they have enough. Right. They go, take, take, take. This is how you take advantage of the, you know, one of my friends, I'm not going to say his name because, uh, and I get it because I understand his background, where he comes from, but he has a, an amazing daughter, hmm. very emotionally aware, high empathy, talent, smart, all of that kind to the, to the bone. Like she always giving and sacrifice her, her own happiness just so someone else or others around her can she, she can share that um and then i spoke t- to his dad and he told me he goes yeah she's great will but you know she's she's just too nice and i was like what do you mean he's like you know come on will you know how the way the world works it's like she's just too nice man like mm. ugh, like man i'm trying to teach her like Damn. stop being like that you know it's like everyone's gonna step all over you and take advantage of you You'll, you're gonna end up last well let me build off of that right you know how they say like you know people i've seen this a lot and people get taken advantage for their niceness right or their kindness right and i say and i say well watch out for those because when you push it too far they're the last people you want that to happen to because the thing is now what you know we're taught be good do this be good 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 right i go so what is good right like let's take that example with a friend punching you in the arm keeps doing that and it's disrespectful and if i finally go stop i told you to stop look i love you as a friend right and i really appreciate your friendship but you're getting on my nerves with that and i've told you right i told you before i was nice about it and now you're at, now i'm doing this because i really have to take a stand on this right communicate even that sort of communication is very difficult for people because they haven't been in that situation before Especially right. this generation. Yeah. But what, the, what they'll do is they'll just turn their back without communication. And the gaslighting, right? There's gaslighting and yes. stuff like that. And that, again, goes back to, oh, I'm not willing to acknowledge that I've contributed to something bad. Well, what is bad? 
right? If I've hurt someone, right? And if I, what does that really mean? Now I go back to the whole idea with creation, right? Being, being created, right? What we see, you're a human being. Let's just know, let's take all the God equation and all that stuff, but you're a human being. Okay. So if I've taken away from your sovereignty, meaning your freedom, your ability to do whatever you want, and if you say no, or if you say, I don't want that, or you draw a boundary and I violate that, and I say, no, I manipulate you psychologically. I deceive you. I take something away that isn't mine to begin with. Something from you. And not acknowledge that you have a choice to give it to me or not. Right? And I've manipulated you. I've gamed you. I've turned you into something. I've reduced your humanity. Right? That's what I think come, begins to go with the good and the bad. Right? So that's the line? For me, I, for me that's my conclusion at, of, as of this moment in time. Right? What is it? October 3rd, 4th, <laughs> 2021? Right? But the more that I look at that, the more that I see people and the more that I see what really hurts people is that they've been reduced to something, right? Rather than being acknowledged as a whole being, right? And that seems to be across the board, which I think everybody wants. And I think that's where depression kicks in mm-hmm. because these people, especially when they take that and run with it, right? Because they start adopting adopting that as a form of an identity because for one way or another it seemed to work for that moment of time and it did bring some certain type of acceptance or uh, being able to fit in or having several people's attention so they create this avatar of themselves and they take that and they make that into a whole nother person I mean, we hear that all the time with with rappers, right? Uh, where, for example, like Tupac, he got really mm-hmm. big and he just created this huge persona, right? And uh, and entertainers in general. And um, I think Jim Carrey even mentioned mentioned something like that. That's what depression is when you're tired of faking. And I'm paraphrasing here, but when you're when you're tired of being someone else, you're, you're just spiritually you're, your spirit's going. Hey, man, we need to reset and mm-hmm. just kind of recharge here. This is this is an event, and all of us go through that. I'm not saying that this makes you a bad guy. Again, I want to take away the the thinking immediately. I don't want to brush something aside. Go, oh, that's right, that's wrong, right. and be dismissive because oh no, that's crazy, and just use these words to kind of label everything. Uh, let, let's call it what it is. Everyone goes through that, and, and where they where they're just ex- exhausted. Um, because they're being someone else than what they want to be, whether it's at work, whether it's in a relationship, right? Just to make this person happy, just to keep your boss happy, to keep your wife happy, to keep your husband happy, to keep your kids happy. We all become something we're not. And if we continuously do that for a, a long amount of time. We just feel, oh, I need a vacation. I need to recharge. And so it's not even just celebrities, but within us i guess celebrities on a more macro scale because they're in a microscope right Mm. and they ask for to be in the spotlight but at some point where do we go and go all right i'm tired of playing i'm like you said earlier with the with the uh, sunday school kids like i'm not playing their game Mm. right and that's one of the things that i've decided and that's where i came to accept uh who i am because i had this whole idea of who i should be Mm. during my teenage years and my 20s what a successful man Asian man, so to speak, in, in, in America is supposed to be. 
and and then I tried to create this thing and and that I thought was myself only to realize and go that's not what I want why why did I have this idea in my head that I wanted to be this thing and I'm so glad that I recognized it early enough that I can retreat from that terrible idea and just be my damn self in private have my private life and be happy as hell without needing anybody else's approval I don't care what they say what they think because why am I going to strip myself of that power? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. power to make myself happy. The power to make myself at peace at a young age. I, why would I do that? No. And only to fight for that same happiness and peace that I thought was on the other side of that fence. So I had to retreat. I was like, I had it all along. Mm-hmm. It was here all along. I didn't need to go over there. And I'm glad that I realized it before it was too late. And I went back and then depression... Is all the way over there. I don't even. I don't even touch that. It's like asking you. You know, you you're looking at yourself where on a lens where you're not asking permission to be happy anymore. You know, it's like the other way. Yeah. Now, I'm just curious. I'm just curious, like about the good and the bad, right? You know, you have you have people. You know, where do you draw the line of good and bad when people actually get hurt? And we're we're talking about dictators, right? In, in North Korea, mm-hmm. right? Now you're you're saying like dictators they have decisions that they make. Now are they bad because they're hurting people, letting people die? Well, hold on, I want to want to say something there too. Like, yeah. all right, so a lot of people do, in outside of Korea, especially in America, think the Asian countries, all the leaders there are bad, right? Or anything with a different idea, like they'll think Russia, China, North Korea, right? Mm. Super villains of the world. Right over there, they probably think we're the supervillains of the world, right? And it, it struck me so interesting when I heard Donald Trump in an interview while he was president, and he said, "What well, you think we're so good? Mm-hmm. Talking about America, you think we don't kill people? We don't do?" And I was just like, "I couldn't, I cannot believe a sitting president is saying this in front of the press on national TV." And then it really made me think, like, that's probably what they think of us over there as bad guys and we think of them as bad guys i mean gotta give the man credit where he's when he said that because the thing is just like oh he's not all like you know all this he's kind of looking at it from a balanced more balanced perspective than maybe perhaps we give him you know but you know to like your point like i was i was thinking about this when you were talking and you were talking about this i was like collateral damage it's a funny word we talk about that but it distances us. Like I always look at language and I look at what people say, how they say it. And because when I was at the UN, I also worked in their statistics department. So it's like, how do you make the numbers? Right? Because, you know, you can say one way and it's like, oh my gosh. And it's like another, oh, it's not that bad. Right? We see that. Right? We see people play that. And so when I look at collateral damage, I go, well, on the journey that we're on, right? Mistakes will be made. We say that. But what is a mistake? What constitutes a mistake? If I intentionally bring harm to somebody, is that still a mistake? And I say that it's a mistake, right? Or if I unknowingly, truly, I really didn't know and I caused that, is that a mistake? Okay? If I really, I'm, I'm under the impression that if I really didn't know, like I really didn't know, I had no idea, right? 
complete blind spot and then made made a mistake and caused harm that's a mistake right but will it still have consequences absolutely all actions have consequences but if i intentionally did it and then i say it's a mistake that's an excuse at that point and it has a whole different set of consequences for that Ooh, yeah right and so they're spinning they're spinning the words right yeah that's politician are notorious Mm -hmm. for that they're able to spin things i mean we do it too come on i don't want to just point out politicians at a job interview (laughs) you know how many times did we spin our experiences how how, how big was the fish it was this and then the fish was this big yeah we all do it too yeah i grew my account by 600 percent come on yeah from one dollar to seven (laughs) dollars exactly exactly right the numbers i'm brilliant oh man yeah yeah but you know, it's like these things where, okay, are we really going to dehumanize people, dehumanize things? De- right? Are we really going to look at it for what it is? Right? And are we really going to treat the person across from us with that? And again, that's trust, right? Like, um, I think in life, right, the reason people are so afraid of being vulnerable now, right, is because, okay, well, you, you don't know, one, you don't know what you're going to find, Right? And the thing is, okay, well, did you do that intentionally or unintentionally? Did you think about the consequences beforehand or not, right? Did you have foresight, right, like to think ahead, right? I'm not asking you to be psychic. I'm just asking you to think about the implications of your actions, right? People do that. When they're selfish, they do it all the time. If I do this, then this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But what about if I do this, do this to this person, it's going to happen, right? If I do this and I talk about this or if i say this or if i post this or right what's going to happen right or are they so blinded by the instant gratification of what they want that like i don't care about that i care that i get what i want this i don't care who gets hurt right well you gotta weigh it out you gotta think about it right what and then if we're gonna say well you know they're dictators or this i'm like that's all rhetoric because at the end of the day they're still a human being and when you look at their behavior, what does that look like? What, what about what does that say about you and them? Because you're just as capable as them. We see that all the time, right? You know, you look at some of these people, some of these kids and you're, these days and you're just like, they're not in, they're, they're quickly going to go to jail or something. Like, it's like, whoa, what's going on right now, right? Like, some of the thinking is, whoa, like. You know what's fascinating? So when you're young, when you're a kid, mm. you think you know everything. <laughs> And as you get older, you realize you know nothing. Very little, yeah. Absolutely nothing. Anyway, on that, Albert Choi, been a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, It's been really uh, eye-opening and and just a learning experience. And you're working on a documentary, right? Kind of. Like, it's a a film based on, a feature film based on uh, my family's story. Um, so I'm actually working with that executive producer out in Korea. We're developing the script right now. So it's going to take some time. But yeah. We'd love to have you back on when you get closer to the end of that project. We'd love to have you two at the premiere. Oh, oh that'd be fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for an invitation. <laughs> and it's, on, it's, on, it's recorded, right? So you have a record of that. <laughs> all right. And on that, thank you all for listening. This is Lucky Boys, and we are out. Lucky Boys Podcast.